two unnecessary angst. <laughs> that syncopation. <laughs> I really try. <laughs> Mix it up. I love it. I love it. It's different every time, and I still love it every time. <laughs> uh, how are you doing tonight, Julia? What are you drinking? I'm doing pretty well, just enjoying my time off for my classes, which is always nice. Just mm-hmm. waiting for my grades to come in from last term. Um, I am drinking a, a gin gimlet with a little bit of chambord, because I was bored. <laughs> Fancy. That was a really bad joke. <laughs> it was. Um, and yeah, not much. Oh, Happy New Year. It is officially 2021 oh, when we're recording this. Yes. So. That's a clean slate. I spent my first couple of days listening to 2006-2007 punk emo music because I have problems. So um, that was my start to 2021. How's yours been? Mine has been uh, good, I guess. My mom left and went back home. So now I'm officially in my home by myself. And I need to figure out how to do things on my own. (laughs) Which is, like, fine for most things. But, like, I need to figure out how to change the filter in my furnace. I've never had to do that. So I need to learn how to do that. Uh, I have some slight landscaping in my backyard. So I have to spray that and then, like, clean out my fountain that I have that I don't know how to make work. So I also need to figure out how to make my fountain work, which is so I whole love that thing. you just have a fountain. I know. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. And uh, I ordered a bunch of boxes from the container store, but I'm not going to be able to get them until the 30th. So it's going to be a while oh, before what? I can. I know. It was dumb. <laughs> they were like, these things are available today, but you can pick them up on the 30th. And I'm like, can I pick them up today? And they were like, no. <laughs> what the heck? That's so weird. And shipping stuff is still so delayed. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just wait to go pick them up on the 30th. That reminds me. I have books I ordered a month ago and they still haven't arrived. So good thing you didn't do shipping because it's taking well, a long time. And I'm waiting on a lot of things that have come from shipping. Like, I've Mm -hmm. ordered some candles. I've ordered bedding. I've ordered a beanbag chair. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, I need to order more furniture. That's going to take forever. So, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. I need to figure it out. I think I did, though, in terms of furniture, I think I've picked a bar cabinet. (gasps) That's big. Is it? Yes, it's the most important piece in your home. Not my bed. Which <laughs> no. I need you, you to can make sleep me... on the floor, but where are you going to put your alcohol? I am sleeping on the floor, and I don't have any alcohol <laughs> other than what I'm drinking tonight, which is um, blueberry soju. That was such a good transition. I by know. The way. <laughs> Thank you. I'm seamless. Um, I'm drinking uh, blueberry soju because I sent my mom to a Korean market to get me some gochujang, which is like red pepper paste. And I was like, oh, and if they have soju while you're there, just get me a couple of bottles. And so she bought me four bottles of soju, but then drank 
all of the wine and all of the vodka <laughs> in the house. So she left me with no alcohol other than this soju and, like, pineapple cider. Oh. <laughs> so what I wanted tonight was wine, but I couldn't be bothered to go to a store to Aww. get any. So soju it is, um, which is in the fridge, so it doesn't even need to be in an alcohol cart. But my bar cabinet is going to be alcohol, tea, and coffee. So my coffee pot's going to go on top of it. And together they form the triangle of life. It's true. <laughs> Liquid <Go on>. life. <laughs> but I'll send you a link later so you can let me know if you approve of my bar okay. cabinet. Um, but then I still need to decorate my bedroom, which I really need your help with because I'm paralyzed oh, yes. with fear. <laughs> I can't you're going to do fine. I feel like you're doing fine. I thought I was. I got really excited and I was like, I'm going to get a black platform bed. And then I said that to my friend India and she was like, why would you yeah, do I'm that? Yeah, I was with her. That's so, like what boys have in their bachelor pad when they've just moved out, moved out of I college. just think they look cool, but I don't know anything. Uh, so I'm going to decorate my guest bedroom and you're going to decorate my bedroom. Okay, I like that. So I also think that you can still do this on your own. I mean, I'm going to help, but... I don't think I can. If you can just keep it under, like, $5,000, we're good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I can do that. Thank you. It's a small space, so... Okay. Um, Anyways, yeah, that's me still stressing about furniture shopping. (laughs) This will probably be the theme of the next... 15 podcasts until I actually have this house set up. You got this. You got this. And I go back to work tomorrow after a two-week break, so we'll see how that goes. You're still virtual, right? I am still virtual, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be thinking of you and everyone else who has to go back to work. I still have a week off. I have one meeting tomorrow and no clear direction on what I'm actually working on. Um... Because I finished all of my work before I left two weeks ago. So like I, a responsible employee. So I'm going in, well, except for my training hours. I had to do those on December 30th oh. <laughs> to get them in before the end of the year. On the bright side, I now had to do joins in SQL. So I'm so proud of you because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I can teach you. Oh, thank you. I'll teach you, teach you UX design. I don't need that the for whole my process. Job. The whole entire process. I get a master's for free? Amazing. I know. <laughs> all of my two years, I will teach them all to you. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's how you know you live in a socialist country, because now I'm getting my education for free, too. <laughs> take me, Canada. Take me. <laughs> Anyways, all right, so today, um, now that we've chatted about my home enough, (laughs) um, today we're talking about chapters four and five of The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Uh, Very excited. Not much happens in these chapters, but I'm excited to get into it because we get a lot more answers on, like, the world, which I'm excited about. Um, So, Julia, why don't you kick us off for the synopsis of chapter four? Chapter fur. Fur? Four. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, It begins at dawn. Uh, 
Jude is worked up after coming back from the court and comments that she normally isn't affected because she's seen affected by the events that happened with the the moth wings and being berated um, because she has seen much worse things at court before which well, I wonder what she has seen. Yeah, I'm very concerned. Um, <laughs> uh, she gives some details on fairy lore and we learn that Madoc is a red cap so he is drawn to bloodshed, bloodshed and real wow I can't talk tonight ritualistically dips his hood in the blood of his kills which like okay so intense every time i read that i'm like wow um uh, it's a hood which jude has seen um it's mostly black from the dried blood with smears of green so i have so many comments on this i'm sorry i'm just gonna like put that out there that i have so many comments on this that we'll get into uh she calms herself down and notes out loud how tired she is and then a hob, which she at first thought was an owl, flies up and asks why. And she doesn't even think anything of this. And she says very honestly that she's tired of feeling powerless. And the hob flies off. Um, <laughs> love that exchange. So random. <laughs> she sleeps through most of the day, wakes up and takes a cold bath, and then starts getting dressed for the afternoon and evening lectures. Um, basically school. School, <laughs> Um. Yeah. We learned that there are changelings in fairy. They are the first changelings in fairy to be treated like gentry or humans, I guess you could say. Nobility. Nobility, exactly. So all of um, the fairy children resent them uh, at their school because they feel like they shouldn't belong there. And Jude doesn't really mind because no one can take away her ability to answer questions and learn in class, even if it pisses people off. She's such a brat. Yeah. Phoebe doesn't come anymore, um, and since it made Maddox upset, she vows to never go back. Taryn and Jude go on a nice long walk to get to class through various locations, so we get to kind of take a look at that map in a way that we saw at the beginning. The whole map. They walk through the whole map. <laughs> Literally. Again, I have comments on this. <laughs> uh, class is held at the palace as well, so they are returning there while Jude narrates what their school life looks like. They study herbs, languages of nature, and the fair folk, composition of riddles, soft-footed walking, music, and fighting. <laughs> Great roster of classes. <laughs> I would love those. Um, there is a mock battle uh, in front of the royal family in a few days. I think it's called like the summer... Something. Not summer battle. Summer <laughs> showdown. Let's call it the summer the showdown. Summer. <laughs> The Summer Showdown. <laughs> I'll look it WWE up. WWE Smackdown. Fairy oh style. <laughs> um, uh, and there, Jude is hopeful she can fight well, so someone will want to bring her into their personal guard so that she can protect herself and Taryn. So they finally get to school and spread their blanket out to learn. Very picnic style. Uh, Jude is thankful that Cardin and his cronies don't notice them, and they learn about the peace between the Queen of the Undersea, or Orlog, and the fairy kings and queens, and that Nikesha is the daughter of Orlog, sent there to foster. Taryn and Jude start prepping their lunch, and Cardin kicks dirt into Jude's food. <laughs> so rude! Um, so unnecessary! Uh, Nikesha says she came 
she came from and will return to dirt, given that she is immortal, and so she should get well acquainted with it and tells her to eat it. Drew tells them to make her, and Karin says he could, but thankfully she is wearing her rolling berry, so he can't enchant her to eat the dirt, though her necklace is hidden, so they can't see that the necklace is there. Valyrian kicks mortar on her food and says that they will leave her alone for the whole day if she eats all her food. <laughs> also, it's called the summer tournament, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I kind of like summer smackdown. Like, I'm leaning towards that. It's better. It's definitely better. Yeah. <laughs> Nikisha then pulls one of her hairpins out, a gold hairpin, and asks if Jude stole it and if she's trying to be more like them because of it. Internally, Jude wishes she was more like them given how perfect and beautiful and immortal they are and proceeds to describe them some more. She loves <laughs> describing these four, yeah. like, so much. She does. I mean, come on. If you were staring at, like, the world's most beautiful people, I feel like I would be doing that, too. Like, it would be so annoying. But, like, you're jealous of them at the same time. I mean, if you do that when you look at people, you metaphor, you, like, create metaphors for what their faces look like yeah, in your head. Yeah, all the time. I mean, I look at Ryan Gosling and I just think, wow. <laughs> A jawline chiseled, <laughs> like, the finest sculptures. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, Locke flippantly tries to get, um, get her to leave. And Taryn apologizes for both of them. Or, sorry, not get her, get get the friends to leave. Yeah. Um, and Cardin then tells Jude she should drop out of the tournament because it's not for mortals. Um, they're trying to scare her out of participating, and Taryn doesn't understand why she is goading them rather than keeping calm since Jude keeps talking back. But Jude refuses to concede, even though they frighten her. She has lived and conquered fear since she arrived in Fairy and is not going to let fear win. She's she determined. Wants to be, yes. She wants to be more than the phase equal. Um, harking back to what Nikesha said, she wants to best them. And that is the end of chapter four. I think it's also... Is it? No, 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 no. Is it in this chapter where she brings up... Um, I don't... It's like the yeah the lawyer lord roybin and the court of termites i don't think it comes up in this book but it will come up later on so is that in this chapter i didn't yes, pay attention to everything. she completely glosses over that that she like doesn't pay attention at all oh is that part of the lesson yes in, in the in the part of the beginning of the lesson oh Oh, yeah, literally, that was just a sentence. I didn't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, she'll do that to you. Holly Black does that to you. Jake There's many things within too. Chapter 4 that will come back later on. So I have questions about some of them, probably. Okay. But we'll get there. Um, all right, so let's do Chapter 5. So on their way home from school, uh, they stop to eat some fruit because they're they're hungry girls, you know. They uh, they're chubbier than their sister, as Jude says, <laughs> or as she says, um, our breasts are heavier, which is like such a weird description. Weird. Uh, I okay. Anyways, um, Taryn asks Jude if she's going to quit the tournament based on what Cardin said, and just kind of makes a comment that Cardin and his friends called the three of them or the two of them at least, the circle of worms, since they will eventually rot in the ground. So clearly these fairies are obsessed with these mortals dying, and it's 
very uncomfortable. Uh, Jude says that she won't quit because Maddox been training her for this, and once she's a knight, they won't be able to bully her. So she's gonna stick to her haunches. And Taryn is like, yeah, well, you do that. Instead, I've decided I'm going to fall in love. I've decided it. It will happen. <laughs> she's gonna will it into existence. They walk home um, through the crooked forest because the milkwood is apparently dangerous at night, so they take a different route home. And they have to avoid some root men, tree men, I guess, to avoid being squashed by them in the woods. Uh, and then we learned that apparently Jude has not yet asked Maddox for permission to enter the tournament as a <laughs> candidate for night. So oh, she's dude. been, like, spouting off about how she's going to be a knight and, like, do all these things. She hasn't even asked for permission to do that or told anybody that she's going to do this. Like, ugh. Girl. But she she needs his permission to do so if she wants to be a candidate for knight. She could norm- she can fight normally in the tournament, and that would be fine. She doesn't need anyone's permission. But to, like, become a candidate for knighthood, you have to wear a special sash, and I think she needs to get it from Maddox. So, that's coming, because she has to ask him that. They get home, and Vivi is dealing with a sprite infestation in her room. They've ruined a number of her things from the human world. Matchbooks, books, clothes, etc. And Taryn and Jude are surprised that she has all of this mortal junk. Uh, But then Jude sees a picture that hasn't been fully destroyed, and it's with Vivi with her arms around a pink-haired mortal girl, which piques Jude's interest a little bit. But then we move right past that, because we do that in this series. We fast forward to dinner, and the whole family is sitting down for a meal. Maddox starts the conversation by saying that it seems the High King will abdicate soon and likely pass the throne to Prince Dane. Uh, since in this world the king picks the heir, it's not always going to be necessarily the firstborn, as long as it's one of the king's children. We get a little bit more background on the royal family. Apparently Queen Mab's crown was imbued with some kind of authority and power so that it can only pass from one blood relation to another in an unbroken line. So that's part of the reason that the Greenbriars have ruled for so long. The girls ask why the king is abdicating, and Maddox says that he's going to seek the lands of promise and has grown weary with age, even though he can't die from age. Uh, And the king no longer wants bloodshed, really, and isn't fighting with his enemies the way Maddox thinks he should. So Maddox's grateful that a new ruler may soon be coming so that Maddox can continue to wage war because he has a thirst for blood. Um, And the we learned that the coronation will happen during the autumn solstice, so probably in like three months from now. Or two months from now, depending on when the summer tournament happens. I'm not great with timelines in this story. I'm not either. <laughs> so then Taryn basically forces Jude to ask Maddox about the tournament, and he notes that she's excellent with a blade, but when she actually declares that she wants to be a knight... He says that she's not a killer and the things that she lacks has nothing to do with experience. He doesn't actually say no, but apparently those things mean no. Um, So he's telling her no. But he says if she still wants to be a knight in a couple of months, she can ask again after the coronation so he can make sure that she's not asking to be a knight on a whim. Jude is very upset 
Um, because Maddox, of course, doesn't realize what she has to endure every single day, um, and why she wants this extra protection of knighthood. And then she kind of has a little bit of an existential crisis, saying that he doesn't know her, but that she may also not know herself. Uh, this is all internal monologue. It's, she's not actually saying any of this out loud. And then, still at dinner, Oriana changes the subject and says they will all need new dresses for the coronation. Maddox says they can get whatever they want so they can look their finest. So Jude is off in her head again. She does this a lot, which makes it very hard to read. Um, But she's off in her head daydreaming about what she would look like in one of the new dresses and then how she would style that as a knight. And then also has these, like, self-pictured insecurities of Cardin making fun of her dressed as a knight since he knows that it's a pretense and it won't happen. But... She's just in her own head, and she needs to get out of it. Um, Then we flash back to the table. Everyone's kind of just, like, bickering, having conversation. And Maddox just kind of out of nowhere says that coronations mean change and that no one should cross him. Which, ominous. I, most of my comments for this chapter are, this is sketchy and ominous. Yeah. Um... Everyone chills out a bit, and Maddox toasts, this is my favorite part, Maddox toasts to the incompetence of their enemies. <laughs> I love that I toast. love it so much. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then the next morning, um, Jude is daydreaming about her mother, what her mother lost or had to potentially lose when she left everything behind, and what Jude now has to lose. Um as she kind of steps out on this journey. She then asks Taryn to skip their lessons, basically skip school for the day. Uh, and she's upset about the decision from Maddox, thinking that he thinks that she is weak, and that's why he's not letting her do this, and kind of goes off on a tangent saying that she's done following the rules and done being good. But then they still go to school because Taryn's not going to skip. So they're still good little schoolgirls. Except Jude has pulled a little bit of a prank. Uh, she heavily salted Olive Garden and the cronies' food. And so they can't eat their food, I guess. And he glares at her in hatred. And we basically learn that that is a declaration of war within the school. And then the chapter ends. Dun dun dun. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whatever will we do? I love um, that salt is a bad thing to fairies. Oh, I love salt. I love salt too. I have questions about this, um, but we'll get you there. You could say she's salty about Cardin and his friends. Why do you do this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to retire. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> No, I love your puns. They bring me so much joy, Julia. It's been a while since I've done a pun. I need to get back into shape. I'm a horrible pun person. It's just dad jokes are not in my repertoire. Uh, All right, so let's get into our our general comments. Okay. I think you have a lot more than I do. Um, I'm just going to start really fast with mine. Um, Yes, please. I loved the hob. Yeah, it was the hob coming in. Just, like, this random conversation. She, like, doesn't even think twice. She literally says, I sigh and answer honestly for once. 
Like, she's, like, not, like, what are you doing there? Why are you talking to me? Like, who are you, like, who are it's you? It's a security <laughs> breach. Like, what I the know. heck? <laughs> like, this is apparently completely normal to her. Like, is this Hob there often? Like, is this, like, her friend? We don't know. <laughs> Where did the Hob fly off? Like, the Hob studies my face, then flies off into the night. What does this mean? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well... This is, like, my whole thing with the thief last episode, where I was, like, so fixated on this thief that does nothing for the plot. Well, I'm not saying it does nothing for the plot. I'm just saying it's a random, like, exchange. <gasps> the Hob like, comes back? Why? I don't honestly remember. I'm just saying, like... I doubt it. I feel like it's just a random thing. Yeah. <laughs> it feels random. Um, I love that they have a picnic for like school like they have a full-on picnic like i was getting uh i'm blanking on the name of it but the central park painting with everyone like out on the lawn and having is it even central park it's probably not central park i'm terrible tonight i think it's in london so (laughs) you know the painting though where they're all like out and about and like they're like strolling or as we've learned from bridgerton they're promenading (laughs) Like the you painting, painting, like the painting from Sunday in the Park with George. That's it. Yes, that's another pop the... culture reference. That's Sondheim. Come on, Julia. No, I'm. That's a literal painting. First of all, I was not bringing it back to a musical. <laughs> I was talking about the painting. <laughs> you made it into a pop culture reference. Anyway, that was all that I had. I didn't have that much here. For chapter four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, for, okay, my first thing, we started this chapter off way too strong with this, like, blood-stained hood thing. I know. Like, what, what the fuck were we supposed to do with that? It's just, like, dropped into our laps, and we're like, what, I don't know where to go with it. I also don't- I think- Yeah. Go on, go on. I just also don't understand Jude's morbid curiosity to go, like, stare at the hood looking for the blood of her parents. Like, I know. That's not healthy. I think it's supposed to be a reminder that, like, we are getting comfortable with Maddox, but he's not a good character. So, like, it's a reminder of what he has done and, like, who he is. Like, he's not a good character. He's dangerous. He kills and then, like takes their blood like who does that apparently red caps which yeah i'm gonna wait till pop culture to talk about this but that sounds wrong but okay um also okay she she has a line in here where she says that like when she takes a bath she's to scrub extra hard because she always basically smells like bo because she's human and then everyone in fairy smells like verbena pine needles milkweed or dried blood and i was like again with the intensity <laughs> one of these things is not like the other <laughs> yeah but i can relate to her humanness in that moment where she's like keeping clean is so hard because <laughs> yep. like i get that <laughs> i get it completely <laughs> why is this struggle uh i also just like I kind of commented on this in the beginning, but I have no sense for how big this world is. 
Um, cause I originally, when I first, when we first started the book and I first looked at the map, I'm like, wow, look at this like wide expanse of a world. You get this like huge map and all these different places and all of this stuff. And then they walk from one end of the map to the other to go to school. It's like when your like grandparents would be like, in my day, we walked 30 miles to get to school. Like that is Jude and Taryn in the future. Like in my day, we walked the entire kingdom to get to school. Like that's insanity. <laughs> I mean, when I first looked at this map and there, so there's like the three different islands that... Mm-hmm you see at the at the front and i was like oh these are all like separate countries like i was almost envisioning oh, it oh no like i know that's my problem so it was just like a big shock for me when they were explaining this They're like oh yeah the two aisles over there like we walk past them every day and i was like wait 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big of, of I gathered that. This is yeah. like, I thought this was Germany and it's Liechtenstein. <laughs> I'm, I'm there now. <laughs> so, uh, <It's> Liechtenstein. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying at that. Poor <laughs> Liechtenstein. It's a small country. It's Rhode Island. <laughs> no, because they walk across no, no, the wait. entire thing. You can walk I'm across Einstein. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. It's one city. It's very small. <laughs> would you? Would I it be easier if I compared it to that. Vatican City? Because I can do yes. that too. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Monaco, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I. I just had a much different vibe for how big this land was, and I was very wrong. So it was a big shock for me this chapter. But like now, I have a sense, so it's it, everything mm-hmm. makes sense now. I um, also meant to say Delaware, not Rhode Island. So my bad to all of the Delaware people out there for your tiny state. <laughs> Delaware's bigger than Rhode Island, is it? It can't yes. be. Rhode Island is the smallest state. Oh, I was right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Man, I am all over the place. I am, like, two weeks out of school, and I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm oh smarter God. than I know. I need to give myself some credit here. I mean, you do. Come on, Julia. You did it right the first time. <laughs> Just okay, don't okay, correct okay. yourself. Um, anyway, Liechtenstein. <laughs> yeah, so... Ugh. Man, okay. So, I also think that the array of classes that they have is interesting, so, like, part of it feels very, like, magic school, fantasy school. You know, they're learning, mm-hmm. like, about herbs, and they're learning fighting and music. Like, these things seem <laughs> normal for, like, a fantasy school. But they're learning the language of flowers. Like, what is a flower language? How do you learn to speak flower? How do you I communicate with to. flowers? I mean, I feel like technically the language of flowers is just Latin, but... <laughs> Maybe I don't. I was so <laughs> Maybe conf- they speak Latin. <laughs> I was so confused. And then they say that they learn the language of the folk, mm-hmm. folk. But do they all have one language, like a typical, like common tongue in fantasy? Do they have multiple? Like, do the Mer people speak a different language under the sea than like the 
fairies speak on land? Do the imps have their own dialect? Like, I need more context for the you language. You spend too much time in language learning. <laughs> I've spent too much time reading Lord of the Rings is the problem. Okay. I don't think you're going to get that here. And Harry Potter. Like, they also yeah. have different languages. So, okay. So there's one language for all of the folk. Like a common tongue. Yeah. I... I also need more context on Nikasia. Is that how you said her name? Yeah, that's Nikasia. how I said her name. I feel like you okay. can say however you want. That's just how I assume it, and I'm not going to let go of that. That's fine. We can go with that. I need more context on her. Is she a mermaid or something else? How is she on land? Um, I feel like that's explained in, like, the third book. Um, is it I a spoiler don't... or can you tell me? I, I don't think it's a spoiler, but I'm going to be honest. I don't think I remember. Like, okay. I think it's kind of like a witch. Maybe it is like a mermaid kind of thing. Like, she can breathe. I remember that she can breathe underwater. Okay. Um, that's all I remember. Did a sea my... witch give her legs? Like, what? Yeah. I just, I have, I told you, you give me more information and then I have more questions. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a mermaid kind of situation, but I'm going to be honest. I don't remember. Um, I think that when we learned, I wasn't that interested in it at the time, <laughs> which I should have paid more attention now, but that's fine. Uh, there is, there's a line in here when she's describing, when Jude's describing Cardin, she says he has cheekbones sharp enough to cut out a girl's heart. I love that. That's such a good line. Like, that's such a good line. Um, but also I'm... All I can picture in my head is, like, the, uh, the TikTok challenge where they <laughs> used the time warp and they gave themselves the Tim Burton <laughs> That was a terrible challenge. That freaked me out every time like, I saw it on my feed. <laughs> I was just like, that's what I picture because... I'm I'm not a cheekbone kind of girl. I'm a jaw kind of girl. So I I just pictured, and I I'm I'm not a stan or whatever of him, but I picture like Timothy Chalamet. Like I feel like it's that kind of like super straight jawline that like got, has everybody going crazy. You know, not TikTok. <laughs> no, well, but the, the, it's cheekbones, not jawline. So that's like sharp cheekbones. I don't really know what to. Do with that, like a jawbone. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, mm, just, just Damon from Vampire. <gasps> that is a good, good relation. I think that you're right. You're onto something. So he looks like Ian Somerhalder, because then I'm gonna love him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Cardin isn't quite as built, though, from what it sounds like. He's just like a flimsy. He's 17, kid. so I mean that yeah. would make sense. He's a flimsy kid. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyways, I love that line. Um, I liked Jude in chapter four. This may be the last chapter I like her in, but I liked her in chapter four. I liked her brazenness, like her popping off on everyone. I like that she doesn't take the bullies sitting down like Taryn does, though, like, I don't blame her for just wanting to keep the peace. Uh, But it's interesting to see that Jude's, like, fighting back with her words and not just fighting and like brawling which is what I expected her to do so it'll be interesting to see how the relationships kind of 
play out even further. <laughs> She's going to be in a world of trouble after chapter five. I can already tell. And I also want to know, I don't know if you can tell me this or if you know or if it's a spoiler, but I want to know why Cardin doesn't want her participating in the tournament. I think that, I don't want to say more, but I, I want to say like right now it's because he just doesn't doesn't think she's worthy like it's for royalty he is royalty and like i think that maybe right now he knows that she could potentially best him and he doesn't Mm. want to look like an idiot in front of his family because he's going to be participating in it Mm. um that's all i'm gonna say though okay so my prediction was that he knows that like one of his three older siblings has like, one of the circles has their eye on Jude, and so he doesn't I mean, want to see her gain any influence with his brothers and sisters because he has such a disdain for mortals. I don't think they have her, an eye on her, but I think that he would find her to be, like, competition, but that's just right now. <laughs> I think there's more unveiled later on. Okay, fair. But that, that would be a spoiler. <laughs> so my prediction's wrong, it's fine. Uh, okay, chapter five, what commentary do you have? Um, what commentary do I have? Oh, um, I love the, the, you had a question last time that was like, why is there a need for a general for the High King if there are no wars? And that gets directly answered in this chapter. I, I was know. like, wow, <laughs> she's asking all the right questions. It's all in here. Um, Holly Black was looking out for you. What can I say? Um, I think that it's interesting how much time holly black takes to like describe their walk home and this what is it lake where she can like see her people like who have looked at her face it was interesting how she phrased that like people who have looked at your face in the past or in the future Mm -hmm. um and i thought it was interesting that jude like doesn't want to look in it for some reason like she used to look in it all the time but i want to know what did she see when she used to look in it all the time like we don't get told that we do it says that she would just see like various fairy faces yeah so i think so the way that it's i miss that you're fine um i'm just going back to the page but the way that it's described oh you're right fairy countenances yeah, is that, um, why am I, like, losing this? Okay, anyways, basically when she looks in this, the Lake of Mirrors, I think it's called, right? She, <laughs> you can see a face. Lake of Masks. Lake well, of Lake masks. of Masks, thank you. You can see a face of someone else who has looked in the lake previously. Mm, that's right, yeah. So, it, like, basically screenshots your face, and then we'll show it to someone else later. Um... And so she used to go and look in it all of the time, hoping to see her mother's face, because her mother would have looked in it when she was living in mm-hmm. Fairy, but she doesn't want to look at it anymore because she gave up hope that she'd ever see her mom. It's just so sad. It's so depressing, <laughs> which is why I skipped over it in the summary, because it was just sad. Um, and then this, also, this page has one of the best lines, um... Cardin and his court of jerks 
I just love that so much. <laughs> like, I think it's a great name. I would love to continue using that. Um, and yeah, I think that's all that I had. Oh, I think also, I feel like it's so YA cliche, like a parent, a, well, a parental figure saying you're not gonna do this and like clearly she's still gonna do this she's still gonna go to the summer smackdown <laughs> like she's gonna find a way <laughs> so yeah that was all i had for chapter five okay I have a lot go of off, go of off. <laughs> i'm sorry um so first thing i just i really related to taryn at the beginning of this chapter not me now but like high school me mm-hmm that was me, where I was just like, I have decided I'm going to find my Prince Charming. I will fall in love. Nothing can stop me. And I will be married by 25. Like, that is the life. Little did you know <laughs> that I suck at dating and uh, all men suck. No, you don't suck at dating. All men just suck. That's it. <laughs> That's all you have to say. <laughs> Oh, little did I know. Ugh. Yeah, so, um, but I relate to that because when I was her age, like 17, I felt those exact same things. So, yep. it gave me a little bit more of a soft spot for her where previously I thought she was just a dunderhead. But, like, I get it. I get it. Because I was a dunderhead at 17. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I, she was just so naive and sweet. Anyways. I also love how when Taryn's talking about falling in love, Jude just completely tones out anything that Taryn is doing and just starts playing <laughs> scenarios in her head of, like, Taryn falling in love with a marrow, which I guess is, like, a merman, um, yeah. and getting to, like, live underwater and getting all these special <laughs> powers. And then Taryn's like, what's going on? Jude's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> Like, this girl has an active imagination, which makes it very hard for me to trust her as a narrator. Mm -hmm. And while, like, it's, it's very easy to follow everything that she's saying, it's very hard to summarize because... It's, there's a lot. There's so much she doesn't say out loud that yeah. it's just, like, her going off on an internal monologue about nothing. Yep. Oh, anyways, um, is Vivi queer? Uh, do you want a spoiler? I mean, it seems like she is. I mean, okay, I guess it's not that big of a spoiler. Yes, she is. Like, I, I don't think it's a spoiler because she had no, her arms around a girl. Like, yeah. And, and Jude was like, did she find love? Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, 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 she is. Okay, I love that. Uh... Is it a spoiler to tell me how the fairy world deals with LGBTQ plus individuals? I don't. I honestly think they don't care, if I recall. Okay. It yeah. seems like they wouldn't, because I feel like Shakespeare and, like, Roman yeah. times didn't care where you had, like, a lot of that fairy influence. Um, I just wasn't sure if this was, like, something that's commonplace in the fairy world, or if this is something that... Vivi has to, like, keep a secret and can put her in harm's way. Oh, there's trouble with the relationship, but I um, don't... I want to say, if I remember, that I don't think it revolves around Vivi's sexuality. Yeah. 
it revolves around the other person's sexuality. That I don't remember. I don't want to say if I do remember. <laughs> okay, fair. Fair enough. Okay. Well, it's interesting to know that it'll become part of the plot. So, something to look forward to, I guess. Struggling lesbians. That's never what you want <laughs> to see in a book. But that's always what you get. If you get a lesbian, yep. she's struggling. She can never be happy. Why does Teen Lit do this to us? <sighs> Anyways. Okay. That's true. Um... Also, I may be wrong here, so please let me know if I'm wrong and if I'm being too much of a grandpa, but I kind of agree with Matic. Like, yeah, I, I, I agree too, though. June is very young, and it probably is very dangerous to be a knight for a mortal, and this is the first time he's hearing about any of this, so I think it's completely reasonable for him to be like, mm, let's have a trial period to make sure that this is something you're actually interested in before I let you do anything. Because he was still like s- me wanting to play the guitar. My parents were like, why? You're going to invest $500 in the guitar and right. then never play it again. Right. Whereas then you have like my mom who I'm like, I want to play the piano. And she's like, okay, I'll buy you a keyboard. And she spends like $600 on it. And I wrote like four angsty songs just the melody line about boys that I was in love with at 14 and then I never touched it again oh no so was that a smart purchase no oh poor Jude I like I feel for her but also I think Maddox right to like just I Make sure she actually wants it before she gets herself killed. Yeah, I think that he has different motivations, though, which we will learn about. I mean, okay, so I have a comment about that, too, in a second. I'll get there. But, like, just in general, with, like, the way that's laid out when they're first talking about it, it seems very... Parental. Parental and, like, okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm... At this point of my life, I'm always siding with parents rather than with teenagers. <laughs> you can tell we're getting old. I know. God. Uh, so, but it just, he seemed very reasonable and, like, Jude was being a little brat. Yeah. And then I, just when she goes off on her whole, again, internal monologue about, like, not him not knowing her and her not knowing herself and like not having the chance to figure out who she really is I'm like girl your head's already so confusing and not reliable like you don't know anything I'm gonna struggle to keep reading things from your point of view I said she's a terrible narrator terrible so I will probably continue complaining about this the entire book. I mean, I love the book so far. I'm really into it. I just, you know how I struggle with first person narration. I just, it's not good for me. But I'll make it through. It's fine. Um, now into the sketch. I think Maddox is planning a coup, to be honest. Yeah, it's not a bad... Bad guess, I would say. It's 
he sounds like he's setting up for something and it's gonna be big and the fact that he keeps talking about like enemies and like the core and the high king and this coronation like he's not making it subtle at all it's so shady and he also is like laying down the law that it's like whatever comes you all need to listen to me (laughs) and follow my directions i'm like are you building your own private army like is this a coup are you trying to plan a coup with three mortals, one who will do the opposite of what you say, a sickly boy, and your wife? Because you will lose. That's not a good team for your coup, sir. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm so worried. I am too. I feel like he just wants blood too. too much. Well, but think about it, and I think it's brought up like what is a general without a war like he this is his entire job this is what he is bringing to the table as the father of the the family like is like as far as we know oriana doesn't work she doesn't bring anything right the the girls definitely don't work <laughs> True. so he is in charge of taking care of their family and right now he has a really good position but if there's and, but the king won't small, go to any skirmishes. Exactly. If there's only small things going on, there's nothing for him to do. Like the king could just oust him and then what happens to the family? You know? Well, then he makes that really sketchy comment about like having things planned for the future. I just I think he's going to kill somebody important and it's going to be really bad. <laughs> I just get a vibe. I may be wrong, but like it's a vibe. Who knows the last time he soaked his cap? I don't. They don't tell us that yeah, information. So I'm just, I'm very concerned. But I do he still. Is... Yeah, go ahead. He, I was just say, he is very sketchy, so. He is. He could do anything. He could also turn out to be, like, the savior, for all we know. Maybe I doubt that. Worse based on what you said. Oh. Well, again characters surprise you i doubt it still <laughs> okay <laughs> i shouldn't have said anything <laughs> i don't trust anybody which includes not trusting him to get better mm-hmm. i i do love kind of what i was saying i love the toast to the incompetence of enemies, I think I'm going to use that for all future toasts. Like, screw normal toasts. I'm going to toast to the incompetence of my enemies. That's such a Ravenclaw toast. And I love it. Well, actually, it's actually the perfect toast for Slytherins and Ravenclaws. So basically, every time I hang out with my friends, who are all Slytherins, it's the toast we'll make. You really know how to make friends, don't you? <laughs> Pick your friends. I'm just getting really nervous in this chapter. So, like, Jude goes on that whole little rant about there is always something left to lose. And, like, that sentiment, very ominous. Mm-hmm. Especially Jude's, like, tying it back to her dead mother and how strong-willed her mother had to be to escape from Maddox. And I'm like, mm, this is foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. This is not good. I do not like this. Yeah. Something bad is coming. Something wicked this way comes. Literally. Uh, And then, so she's trying to convince Taryn to, like, skip class. And Taryn has a great line. 
only idiots aren't scared of things that are scary. <laughs> She's speaking the truth, though. She's my little Ravenclaw baby. I claim she her. is. She really is. Uh, yeah. We'll see. She's just very logical about everything, but mm-hmm. like not in a way that will actually get her anywhere. Yeah. That's the vibe I get. She's just kind okay. of like off doing her own thing. She's just trying to keep the, their reputations okay. Like she doesn't want to see them getting thrown into like the garbage. Right. She wants to maintain a middle ground. Like she doesn't yeah. want to be better than anyone else. Well, like Jude, which is why Jude's mm-hmm. a Slytherin. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I love how I'm preliminary sorting people now, even though I know, I know. nothing about. It. Well, it'll be interesting, like, at the end, what you think of all of them. That's true. I'm sure a lot of it will change. Um, But anyways, I love that little line. And then this, okay, this next one's kind of a pop culture reference, but I just needed to ask the question. I don't understand the salt thing. Like, is salt harmful to fairies? Is that why it's a declaration of war? Or do they just not like the taste of it? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I don't think they like the taste of it. And I think that with Carden and his court of jerks in particular, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not, you don't do that. Like, Carden is a prince. Like, in any kind of court, right? No matter if it's fairies or, like, real court. You don't mess with the prince. You don't mess with a prince like that. So, okay. Yeah. Because I originally, I was like, ooh, oh, she salted his food. Salt's poisonous to fairies. Are they like ghosts? Are they hurt by iron and salt? Is this supernatural? And then I, like, started tangenting in my brain and in my notes. Oh, you started tangenting. You are Jude. No. No, I'm not. (laughs) Take that back. I'm just saying. You complained about her going off on tangents, and here you are. Is it supernatural? You tangent too. That was a slippery slope, really. Mm-hmm. It was just a bad fallacy. It wasn't a full tangent. I tangent all the time. I own up to that. <laughs> oh, God. Um, any other last notes you have for Chapter 5 before we move on to pop culture? Any last words? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't. Okay. Pop culture, then. What do you what do you got for chapter four? Okay. Well, there's something about Carden and his court of jerks. God, I love that so much. Carden and his court of jerks. That kind of reminds me of, like, the District 1, District 2 um, alliances yes. in the Hunger Games. This is why I had the Hunger Games on my mind. Like, it reminds me so much Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's Jude as basically Katniss, who's refusing to bow down to them, refusing to, like, die. <laughs> um, she wants to keep her family safe, or, and she wants to keep her pride intact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Carton, a.k.a. District 1, District 0, if you will, the capital, <laughs> going in on... <laughs> on her like it, it that just reminds me so much well um, and you have name similarities because Cato was like the leader of that ring mm-hmm. and they both start with ca so that's true that is mm-hmm. that is true you really helped me there <laughs> 
I add much value to these conversations. Um, and I think I was, I think that's honestly all I have for chapter four. I have a, a pop culture that kind of goes for chapter four and five, which I can bring up now. Um, sure. So I got, <laughs> I spiraled into Romeo and Juliet the past week. I don't know why. I, mean, I, I know noticed why. on Instagram. <laughs> I like completely spiraled, but that's it. I, I think I've always been interested in Romeo and Juliet, but these Violet Delights by Chloe Gong. Oh my God, you. You haven't. You have to read it. I'm look at look at. I started. Oh good. Oh good. Oh my god. How do you like it? I'm I'm just on. I'm at the beginning of chapter eight. Um, okay. <sighs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> I I like it so far. I think it's really interesting. Um, I've been kind of bouncing back and forth between a bunch of different things because I've been binge watching Shadowhunters with my mom. Well, oh. For like the third time I've watched oh that my show. God. It's so bad. Uh, I need to read those books. God. Um, yeah, you probably should. I know. But I, I think will... they're very different from the TV show. I've never watched it in full, but. I actually think the first se- season is very like City of Bones. Oh, okay. I think the movie's very different from the books. Uh, I think that the movie should have been continued i like fully believe that they were onto something good they just didn't do it all the way that they should have why did they do that in like the 2000s because they did that with his dark materials too they like made these movies and aragon like i don't understand movie studios sucked (laughs) they really do (laughs) um anyways these island delights is great so far i really love sort of the ongoing dialogue between Roma and uh, Juliet. And it's really interesting, even though I'm definitely not as much of a Romeo and Juliet Romeo and stan Juliet. I, I wonder if that, yeah, it, maybe that plays a part in why I was so obsessed with it, because, like, it, like, unlocked Romeo and Juliet again for me, and now I'm like, ah, <laughs> obsessed. Anyway, okay, to the point, um, yep. I forgot that there's a really great exchange between, I think it's Romeo and Mercutio, and they go, it's right before that he, Mercutio goes into his Queen Mab story, which is why mm-hmm. I thought of it, where it goes, um, I dream, Romeo goes, I dreamed dream last night, Mercutio goes, and so did I, Romeo goes, what did, what, what did you dream of, and Mercutio goes, that dreamers often lie. And then he goes into his Queen Mab story from there. I thought that was interesting because we have Jude here who loves lying and she dreams a lot. And then we have Queen Mab. Like, is there some connection there, you know? So that was just a general pop culture reference. (laughs) Oh, but interesting. Are they lying to themselves? Or is the idea Mm. of fantasy a lie overall? We're getting really deep right now. I'm going to meta. I need to stop. I can't do Shakespeare analysis right now. No, I can't go down that road. Not after a bottle of soju. God, I want to get there. Okay, so for chapter four, I wanted to dig into the classification of Maddox as a red cap. Because I. I'm not sure if Holly Black is like, ah, I've heard of these creatures. I want to make a pun because he's going to dip a a hood or a cap into blood and make it red. So I'm going to call him a red cap because 
nothing about the way Maddox is described indicates to me that he is a red cap in the way that they're described in mythology or in Harry Potter. Well, they're goblins, right? Right. They're basically like little creatures, like imps, sometimes goblins, but they're small. Like they're probably a third of the size of a human. (laughs) And they just like hide on battlefields and Mm -hmm. attack people that like wander onto the battlefield. So they're not waging war or like doing any battle they're just attacking people who come onto battlefields like they're born out of battle they're born out of that bloodlust i'm pretty sure it's like british mythology like red caps are part of british folklore so i'm just i'm very confused with the classification of maddock as a red cap with how high profile he is in the gentry and like how tall he is yeah. <laughs> just like the general vibe that he has his own house and a wife and a family like red cap doesn't seem like the right creature so the only thing i can think of is that holly black was like ah that's an existing thing i'm gonna use it to make a pun i feel like it was kind of like that which i hate I don't, <laughs> yeah i know i don't think it's if she goes much further into that i could be wrong but I... that's how i took it I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like, well, I mean, I take, so, and it's probably my own fault because I take so much, like, Fantastic Beasts Mm. and, like, British mythology stuff from the Harry Potter series, but, again, despite all of her faults, J.K. Rowling did a ton of research. very accurate. To get things right in her descriptions, and I don't like willy-nilly like off-the-cuff puns being made just to flip a narrative I don't know it bothers me anyways so it made me think of Harry Potter because like I wanted to talk about what a red cap actually is um also I love the fact that they have a riddle class like a class on how to solve riddles I want to take that class I feel like it's just like a logic class though well so my first thought was like ah their riddle teacher must be something like Gollum (laughs) because he loves riddles so he can eat the hobbitses oh I would love to see Gollum teaching their class I know (laughs) just imagine it oh he'd like the wide open space probably Mm -hmm. um also they just in general like if they take a class on how to solve riddles, they'd be great Ravenclaws. They'd be able to get into the common room super easily. They'd be That's able true. to get past the Sphinx in the maze and the Triwizard Tournament without a problem. <laughs> like, they'd know so, the answer, Spider. All of the folk are Ravenclaws? Mm, no, most of them are Slytherin, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> with Ravenclaw come, tendencies. They'll come hang out with their Ravenclaw friends. <laughs> And I mean, just the classes in general kind of made me think of Harry Potter originally, mm-hmm. just kind of that magic school vibe, because they're basically taking herbology and astronomy. Mm-hmm. And then I was just kind of thinking about how I would have really liked to see more of the, because like in this book, they're learning languages, and I really would have actually liked to see that brought into Hogwarts 
and have the students have the ability yeah. to learn like Goblety Gook and Murmish. Because, like, we know Dumbledore speaks those languages, but where did Dumbledore learn those languages? How does one learn those things? Now I just want more information. Maybe they were, like, elective classes and Harry just never bothered with them. But Hermione would have. She would have. That is So we would have learned if that was the case. Although she only, I mean, she had the time turner, but she could only take on so much. No, she took every elective class and then had to drop some after her third year. Like, she gave up. Maybe it was like German at schools, like a lot of schools dropping languages because there was just no interest anymore. So Hogwarts dropped these because there was no maybe. Interest. So maybe in like eight, 1900, 1890, yeah. when Dumbledore was at Hogwarts, they had Mermish, yeah. and they would go, they would go do their classes under the lake. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that'd be hilarious. Um. Maybe anyway. there is a, there's a wizarding university that we just have not learned about. And that's where he learned They it. do need a secondary school, they to be do. honest. They do. That's what has always perplexed me about Harry Potter. Is like, why is there no secondary education? How at 17 are they prepared to become orders? Yeah. I just don't believe like, it. <laughs> what? Unless you actually defeat Voldemort. Like, Harry, you're not prepared. You don't no. know what you're doing. No. Oh, God. Yeah, the wizarding world makes no sense in so many Anyway, ways. we're going on Anyways, a um, Okay, I have one very last really random okay. pop. It's barely even a pop culture reference. But <laughs> one of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue, it's a, continue. It's a very specific type of Pokemon game where you play as a Pokemon. Oh, with other Pokemon, and you can all talk to each other, and it's like a little world of Pokemon, no humans, and you go, exp- it's basically a dungeon crawler, but like with Pokemon. Um, so you go explore dungeons, and they like randomize every time you go into them. Okay. And one of them, I think it's Gates to Infinity, I should have looked this up, but I didn't, but there's like probably like seven or eight of these games at this point. But one of them, you play as children Pokemon, like young oh. young Pokemon, and you have to go to school every day, and their school is outside, and they're all, like, sitting outside at their little desks, like, listening to their teacher Pokemon, and you're playing as a character who's, like, on the right side, but is getting bullied by the other kids, and so, like, the combination of the outdoor classes plus the protagonist getting bullied by a group of, like, three or four. Pokemon school. Yeah. I can't. It just... It's the same story, Julia. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. That's, that's what I picture. Like, you see them... So, Holly Black is a Pokemon fan. Exactly. You see them having nice picnics. I see the Pokemon game. I, I saw the painting. You saw Pokemon. You're cultured. I'm an asshole. That's just no. where we're at. Because you know what a painting is doesn't mean you're called. Also, you knew exactly what painting I was talking about. Hold on. <laughs> and the Sondheim musical. Associated. Musical associated. 
If anything, I'm less cultured because I don't know the Pokemon stuff. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I have for chapter five. Chapter five, what do you got? Pop culture references. Chapter five, chapter five. Oh, uh, the Crooked Forest. I'm just saying, Lee Bardugo owns the word crooked now from Crooked Kingdom. I like, oh. every time I see crooked, I'm like, Crooked Kingdom? It's so bad. It's so bad. How obsessed I am with that duology. Um, okay, <laughs> that was my main one. I literally, they were like, we we're going through the Crooked Forest. I was like, oh, Crooked Kingdom. <gasps> Are the, the crows going to show up? <laughs> um, I also thought of the sprites in my head the entire time. I was picturing in the second Harry Potter, the pixies mm. getting setting loose in the um, mm-hmm. classroom. I yeah. just, like, that was the vi- complete visual I had. It's like, the sprites are, I mean, they're the same thing, really, sprites and pixies. Um True. But that was just so funny to me. And, like, I also just want, now, this is, like, a post. I didn't think of this before. Like, why were the sprites in her room? Like, I didn't think about that. Why are there sprites messing with her stuff? Like, is it just so that Jude will see the photo of Vivi or what? Anyway. Well, I think it's more... I don't think that they're very, like, conscious... The highbrow beings. I feel like it's almost mm. like having, like, a moth infestation. Or, like, also in Harry Potter, where they, they have, like, the doxies infest, like, the black house. That they have to, like, detoxify the curtains and everything. They're just, like, pests. So, I think Vivi just had a pest infestation. That, like, destroyed everything, and so she was, like, working on cleaning it all out. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> cockroaches. Basically. Very squirrels yeah. of cockroaches. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. Uh, and now that I have seen Bridgerton, <laughs> mm. the whole, the, like, Oriana be like, we need new dresses for you, like, there's this coronation, yes. like, oh my it's God. so Bridgerton to me now, like... The obsession with dresses and getting fitted and like blah 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 and the whole thing with that like Jude reminds me so much of Eloise like being like yes. I don't really care like I only care about this thing that will benefit me and not <laughs> finding my true love mm-hmm. you know and um, Taryn is Daphne a hundred percent Daphne one thousand percent Daphne uh yeah and I think that's all I had, actually. What did you have? No, that's fair. I like the Bridgerton connection, because that kind of reminds me of the Featheringtons, like, all mm-hmm. of their random oh dresses. They are so obsessed with clothing. I mean, that's, that was me in high school, but... <laughs> I loved it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I want to... I need someone to, like, give me a picture of what the root men in the forest look like because <laughs> I'm picturing I'm, like tree trunks with faces what I'm picturing, picturing I'm picturing them wrong because like I know other tree spirits so like that's where my brain is going <laughs> but like I'm picturing them like a cross between Blue's dad from Raven Cycle <laughs> and the Ents from Lord of the Rings <laughs> oh my god 
I did not picture Blue's dad at all. I literally just pictured tree trunks with, like, faces on them, like, in a cartoon. So the ends. Yeah. But, like, even more cartoony. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, because they're kind of described as, like, being people and, like, moving faster than the ends, it seems like. So... I pictured, like, Blue's dad, because he's, like, a tree spirit, but not always in the tree. So it's, like, a cross between the two, right? Like, it's, like, you have this, like, actual man, but then, like, the tree. And so you mash them together. I don't <laughs> My brain does weird things. I make weird associations. Hey, it's up to you to visualize it. <laughs> I should see a therapist. Is <laughs> real answer. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, okay, the Lake of Masks. This is something that came to me as we were talking about it because I kind of skimmed over this part, but thinking about it, two pop culture references. First one, Game of Thrones, like the Hall of Faces. Oh. Very interesting. Like, I know you can't take the faces out of the water. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, the idea that, like, you can see all of these different faces and you never actually know which one you're going to get or, like, Mm -hmm. the story behind it kind of is, like, what I imagine it's like for Arya to walk into that hall of faces and, like, the overwhelming vibe from it. But then also... Simba seeing Mufasa in the water in the Lion King. <laughs> that's very different. Because that's like completely different. That's what Jude wants. She wants to see her dead mother. And she just doesn't get it. Yeah, that's true. Well, if we're on that route, it's kind of like Mirror of Erised where Harry sees his parents. True. What he really wants to see. Though in Jude's case, it's the opposite of her yep. desire. Yeah. Because that's what the fairy world would do to you. So yeah. it makes sense. Okay. Um, so this is a very, like, small thing. But when they're describing the, the blood crown from <laughs> Queen Mab, the blacksmith Grimson, the, the person that made the crown, the way mm-hmm. he's described... I also, again, do pop culture references because I do this, I guess. Um, the first one kind of made me think of David from Shadow and Bone, the fabricant. Yeah. Because he can make anything out of metal. Like, he can literally craft anything using his Grisha That is powers. not a bad relation at all. Right? But then my other one is from a Christmas movie. Oh, that is very different. So, did you watch Jingle Jangle on Netflix? Okay. So, there was this new musical that came out that's kind of a Christmas movie um, called Jingle Jangle. And it's like an all-black cast for the most part. And it's super fun. But Jeronicus Jangle, who's the main character is the greatest inventor who ever lived. And so he makes all of these, like, little things with, like, gears and elixirs and all of this crazy stuff out of metal. But, like, his creations almost come to life or can, like, have a life of their own. And so that 
idea of like shaping metal to like bring something to life was also very reminiscent of the fact that like this guy could make birds out of metal. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jeronica Strangle. It's a great movie. You should watch it next Christmas. It was very okay. enjoyable. Both my mother and I loved it. Everyone I didn't watch, watch that it. many Christmas movies this year. I'm kind of I watched too many. Many. <laughs> okay, last one's a Lord of the Rings reference too, and kind of a oh, question. Man. Um, do we know what the lands of promise are? Oh, the mm-hmm. afterlife. Is that what it is? I think that's what isn't that how it's explained. Is like it's where they were born and where they go back to when they die, right? Well, it's where they go back to. So I wasn't sure because Jude is like, is this a metaphor for death? I don't know. And I wasn't sure if it's a metaphor for death or if it's like Valinor in Lord of the Rings, the world where the elves go to at the end of the Third Age, where they like cross the sea that like men can't go. And it's like the undying lands that like that's their afterlife, but they're still alive. (laughs) No, I viewed it more as, like, a Valhalla kind of thing where, like, mm. like this is the story for them to, like, they conquered life and now they're going to go here. They're dead, basically. But, but not They dead. don't say that they're dead. Well, yeah. but, like, even, I guess, with Valhalla, like, anyone from Asgard can visit Valhalla. Right. Oh, see, I'm taking the literal Valhalla, like, from Norse mythology. <laughs> Right, no, I thought Odin could go into the halls of Valhalla and, like... Because he's a god, yeah. Right, anyone from Asgard, they're all gods. Oh, I'm talking about, like, regular people. Oh. Like, when they die, they go there. <laughs> if they're warriors, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're on the uh, same page. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I more so mean because, like, Valhalla is more accessible than, like, for mm-hmm. example, the underworld in Greek mythology. Oh, that's true, yeah. Right. So yeah. it's, like, you're dead, but I guess not I'm like you're this, dead. Yeah, I'm viewing this more as, like, a regular, everyday fairy. <laughs> regular, average fairy. Like, they can't just go to the lands of promise. Like, it's where they go to die. That's what I'm taking it as. Interesting. So I guess or you maybe have dead. to make a conscious decision. I'm very curious. Do they explain this more, or is this just, like, your interpretation? Um, I do think it's brought up again, but I don't know if that, if she goes into detail. Like, I think it's just like, I'm going to go to the Lands of Promise, and that's it. Got it. Okay, so not like Valinor. That's disappointing. (laughs) I love Valinor. Okay, Uh, that's all the pop culture references I have. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) MVPs. Okay, well, you go first. I'm going to pick Maddox again. <laughs> oh, wow. Because he was such a parent. Hashtag parental. Well, I just think he was the most right out of... You're going to, like, when we go back at the end and count up the MVPs, he's going to win because of you. He's only won <laughs> twice. Like, Colin for me in the last <laughs> book. <laughs> I, I, well, given how ominous chapter five is, I feel like I'm not going to pick him as an MVP again. I just okay. get a vibe. Um, I may be wrong. Who knows? But that's the vibe I currently have. So, you know, I'm just getting it out of the way while I still agree with what he's doing. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's going to change. <laughs> yeah. Who, would you, who do you pick? I would pick Taryn. Um, 
she is not my favorite character, but I do think that she is very sensible. And I think that Jude really needs her. Like, Jude is reckless. She doesn't think before she does things. No. And Taryn is kind of, like, she's her literal twin in that they're, like, very balanced for each other. Taryn needs to keep Jude, you know, on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> keep her sensible and just like she's right like they Cardin is a prince like she should not be messing with him he clearly has a reputation he's a prince like there's a lot of factors into that that would back up Terran's logic so yeah they can both literally her. die yep mm-hmm. idiots god Jude's an idiot um that's fair Terran's a good choice Terran would have yeah. been my second choice if I hadn't picked that day. um because everyone else kind of sucked in these two chapters. <laughs> I, I want feel... to see more of Oriana. I would like to see more of Oriana. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm I'm concerned that we're going to struggle to each pick separate MVPs in this book. Every yeah. episode. Because I feel like people are going to start sucking massively. <laughs> I shouldn't have, like, said anything when we started this book. No, no, no. Even like, separate of what sucks. Even separate from what you said, it's just a vibe that I get. Because yeah. I've already been struggling to pick an MVP. I'm just like, because uh, even last week, I was like, other than Vivi, I hate all of them. Mm-hmm. But at least Maddox did the most for the plot. It's true. At least I kind of like him in this, in these two chapters. But, uh, I don't know that I'll ever pick Jude. Uh, Maybe. She might surprise you. Maybe. She has her really good moments. She is... The thing that I will say to, like, stand up for Jude is that she's very... She has a lot of courage. And that's really hard in a place where, like, you don't belong, but you have to belong. Like, this is her only life. She can't just, like go off and and go back to the mortal world like this is her this is where she was raised like it's hard to leave that behind like that's what you're used to and she doesn't necessarily want to go out back into this other world and have to relearn everything i get that i just courage is not an attribute i typically value (laughs) in a character (laughs) so uh we'll see we'll see how it goes um What's your wine review? It is a 5 out of 10 Trader Joe's wine. I don't know any Trader Joe's wines. I Two buck chuck. Buy them. Yeah, buy them in college and hope for the best. We're like, you appreciate it, right? Like, it's there. It's giving you what you need, but it's pretty empty. Like, there's no taste to it. Like, you're no not notes. getting a whole lot out of it. No notes. Like, you don't really know what to say about it. But, like... It's doing its job, and it was a good buy. It was worth it in the end. Are you going to buy it again? Yeah. <laughs> You're totally going to buy it again. But not a whole lot going on otherwise. So, That's yeah, 5 out of 10. Fair enough. I think for my wine <laughs> review, I'm going to go with a 6 out of 10. Um, mostly because of Jude, a little bit because of mm. Taryn. So Jude mm-hmm. spends a lot of time complaining about how hard her life is in these two <laughs> chapters and how much she needs this extra protection and how no one understands how <laughs> bullied she is. 
She's such a YA heroine. It's like so true. Like it's all true. It is. But it's her internal monologues about it are a little over the top. Mm-hmm. A little unnecessary. Um and then you got Taryn, who's just like off in her fantasy land, <laughs> dreaming about this Prince Charming that's never gonna come. And then just getting really upset when Jude is upset. And then also being like, can you, like, not get us kicked off of, out of school? Like, uh, and just freaking out. <sighs> so not, not the most whining and angst that we could have from these characters. I imagine we'll get much more from them in the future. But much more than we had, I think, last week. So, yeah, 6 out of 10. Solid. Solid choice. <laughs> How are you liking the book so far? I like the book. Um, I was struggling, so I read both the chapters. I read one chapter last night and one chapter today. And I was struggling to get back into it a little bit because my brain mm-hmm. was so caught up in the silent delight. <laughs> There's a lot going on in there. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Hold That's on. a lot to take on at once. Reorient yeah. your brain, Chantal. <laughs> Um, but no, I think it's, I think it's good. I think these two chapters were a little boring, but we're starting to get some of the information I wanted, which I like. I like having that world building and that extra context for You need for it, you Ravenclaw. I need it so bad. So <laughs> that's been helpful. Um, mm-hmm. I hope we don't run into more red cap situations. Uh, uh. I feel like it wasn't just brought up for the fun of it. <laughs> I just, I more so mean, like, it being so wrong. Oh, okay, gotcha. To the mythology. I like, feel like just think of it as, like, a metaphor almost. Like, it's just, like, this thing that she's using to, like, I feel like a lot of people know what a red cap is. So it's just something to, like, relate to, to understand his position better or who he is. What? But it doesn't help me because it's a pun. <laughs> You like, rely so much on logic. <laughs> I do. I really do. So I, I hope there's not too much more of that. There may be more, but, like, I'm hoping it's a little bit more, like, that the research is more true to Well, mythology. I think a red cap, we can look this up, but I think a red cap literally does also, like, Maddox does, puts his cap into the blood of his. <gasps> that friends. may be completely true. But he's, he's not, not a, a goblin. goblin. Yeah. Or, an, like, he's not a small little not... Because <laughs> I think fairy. he's a strategic... Well, it's fine, because yeah. like, they're kind of fairies. So, like, I can get on board with them existing in the world. I can't get on board with red caps as they exist in current mythology being, like, strategic assets. Like, that, I... Because mm. they're born at the end of a battle, and they haunt battlefields. Like, old battlefields they're not part of a battle so like i struggle with it a little bit but it's fine i'll get over it it's fine um but i like it so far i i mean we can obviously tell something big is coming Mm -hmm. so i'm like just very (laughs) nervous about what's going to blow everything up because something is going to happen my guess it is something to do with the coronation, but I may be wrong. Um, well, just remember, we're only 
40 or so pages into this book. We have a long way to go. Right. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a hiccup to do with, like, the summer tournament. Because Cardin's pissed at her right now. But I don't think that's the main conflict. I think the main conflict is going to center with the politics around the coronation. Mm-hmm. And one of the other children being upset that Dane is being chosen to succeed the throne. Yeah. Or Dane thinking he's going to succeed the throne and then it going to someone else. Yeah. That's also equally bad. Um, also, this reminds me, doesn't Madoc technically work for the High King? He doesn't, like, what... I don't know, like, would Dane, if Dane gets, if Dane gets chosen as the successor, mm-hmm. what happens to Madoc? Like, there's plenty, like, in any kind of situation like this, Dane could just say, like, Madoc, you're old. I don't want you to be my general anymore. I know, but Madoc, Jude says this when she's describing the different circles. She said that Madoc has influence in the circle of falcons, so I mm. think he's well respected he's by Dane um, because he's still very bloodthirsty. And so he's like excited for Dane to take over so they can go like fight battles and stuff. <laughs> oh, <God>. So they're, <laughs> yeah, I true. think they're, they're mutually beneficial to one another, right? Yeah. Um, but if the other two whose names I don't remember because the names in this book are so challenging for me. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Balakin and, and the C C something. Yeah, I don't remember. E something maybe. It oh, it was e. like an. It sounded very almost. Eloin. Eloin. Yeah. Eloin, like I think. Eloin. Um. They probably don't like that Matic is chummy with their younger brother, so brother. It, mm-hmm. they get appointed it's gonna be bad for Matic, probably That's and also true. they don't care about battles like they care about having fun and they care about art so they may not prioritize going to war and then why do they need a general this is true so again i think Matic is staging a coup oh god help us all if he does <laughs> that's why I think he's like, oh yeah, Dane is the one that's going to be picked to succeed yeah. the throne. And that's because he's planning for that to be the situation. <laughs> to like make it happen. Um, it feels very Shadow Hunters, actually. Like all of that like political manipulation behind the scenes. Like what the Clave does with whoever is leaving the Institute mm-hmm. at any point in time. I've been watching too much of this show. Well, the book is dedicated to Cassie Clare, so. It's true. It's true. I'm at the part, I don't know if this happens in the books, um, but at the part where Alder Tree gets Izzy addicted to Yin Fen, and then she starts kind of dating Raphael, so he'll give her direct venom, or venom, like vampire venom, so she can keep getting high. Then he gets high off her Shadowhunter's blood. Uh, and Magnus and Alec discover them, and it's like... I do not remember that happening in the book, but maybe it's just been a long time. I mean, it it might be. It wouldn't be City of Bones. I'm in season two. So this okay. would be one of the other books. Um, yeah, I don't remember that happening, though. It's, maybe she does. And I was like, I never honestly cared a whole lot. I'm going to be honest, I never really cared a whole lot for her. For Izzy? No. 
I think that she could have been a really good character, but she got suffocated by everybody else. She was just this background character. She's really good in the show. I love her in the show. Um, I hated her in the movie. But she, I, again, because she's, like, treated as a background character. Well, and like, she's made to be a bitch in the yeah. movie. She's not in the show. Like, she's very warm and, like, loving and takes care of everyone around her. Like, she's great mm. in the show. Um, also, I love Raphael. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> I love be the, the down- show. <laughs> I love the downloaders. I love Raphael in the show. I love Meliorn. That's it. I hate Jace. In the show? In the show. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you need to read the books. <laughs> I also, I'm not at the point where we find out that they're not siblings. Oh, yeah. So, you like. You are suffering a lot. So, Right now she's dating Simon, and oh, so no. Jace is just like <laughs> in the background. Okay, like, shut up. If you read the books, I will read them along with you because I think they really need to read the books. We talked about this. We we're gonna do no. Tamora Pierce in twenty twenty one and Claire. Cassie Claire in twenty twenty two. That's the plan. Okay. Which we need to start that soon because we got a lot of Tamora Pierce books <laughs> to get through. <laughs> Not relevant to the podcast, but uh, we'll keep you guys updated on our progress. Anyway, <laughs> that was a really long tangent. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, so that's the end of the podcast. Um, so, last notes. <laughs> Follow us on social media where we still don't post. Um, though we did, you did post our bloopers mm-hmm. first episode, so that's Finally. really fun. <laughs> took me a long time. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Unnecessary Angst Pod, on Twitter at Unangst Pod, and you can also email us at unnecessaryangstpod at gmail.com. Send us book recommendations, ask us for book recommendations, send us your thoughts about this book, other books. Really? Send me your thoughts. Anything. About these violent delights by Chloe Gong. <laughs> Send us both your thoughts, because by the time you hear this episode, I will have already That's finished true. it. <laughs> but I just need someone to talk about it with. I I promised finish you. It. I promised you by the end of next weekend it would be done. I promise. Don't don't push yourself, but thank you. <laughs> You've seen how fast I read. That's I not know. I know. <laughs> But I want you to enjoy it nonetheless. I am. I'm reading it. Enjoying it. Yeah, I'm reading it in small snippets. But like, because we're (laughs) reading less for the book chapters um, for this Mm. book every week, I can read them day of. So I've just been putting those (laughs) off, and I've been reading these Silent Delights instead. fine um anyway so everyone follows us on social media <laughs> and email us your thoughts and questions and just comments on life we're happy to hear all of it and uh we'll talk to you next week thanks so much for Thank listening you. bye